You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. On the show today, we're going to be looking at the top pitching prospects in the Mets farm system. Give you a little update. In the first segment, I'll go through who could be next up in the Mets rotation. So that's checking in on guys still pitching in Syracuse like Joey Lucchese and David Peterson, Jose Quintana rehabbing, and more. I'll also talk about the top pitching prospect who could make it this year, which is Mike Vassell, who just got promoted up to AAA. So I'll go through all that in the first segment. Second segment, look at AA and high A, Dominic Camel, Christian Scott, others who need to be updated on. So we'll do all of that before a series preview in the final segment with the Mets set to take on the St. Louis Cardinals at home. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Ficklestein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter, Ficklestein Ryan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to BirdDogs.com slash LockedOnOB, and they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Now on today's show... We have, of course, a lot to get into when it comes to pitching prospects in this system. But before we do, I thought it was pertinent to go through the guys that could make starts this year who are pitching in the minor leagues. Not necessarily prospects, but veterans who still could factor into the mix and when we might see them. The first name is Jose Quintana. Start a rehab assignment, low A St. Lucie, goes an inning and a third. Uh, 26 pitches, did not allow a run, two hits, one walk. Getting him back going to be huge. That That's the one guy we'll talk about today who you could conceive you know, making a playoff start, right? He's the answer. He's a guy that they signed to be, you know, maybe their fourth starter and haven't seen him this year because of that strange rib injury, right, in spring training. So now he's at the beginning of spring training again, basically, trying to ramp up. And I don't think we see him. Before the All-Star break, um, you know, if you imagine three to four weeks to get ready, that probably pushes him up close to that break, and you'd wonder if the Mets would just sort of wait and, and get him as ready as possible for a real stretch run in the second half. But he could be massive for this team. They really need him and need him to be the guy he was. And again, we saw a very similar situation with Carlos Carrasco in 2021 as far as just being delayed to start the year, ends up coming back, and it didn't work out for him. The difference is Carrasco was rushed back. I think the Mets have an opportunity to take their time on Quintana. So we'll see if they learn that lesson. Now, the two guys who are pitching in Syracuse who could grab Tyler McGill's spot in the rotation if the Mets chose to do so, it's David Peterson, who pitched to an 8.08 ERA this year with the Mets. Uh, he you know, went up and down because the Mets needed an arm at one point. Since he's been back in Syracuse, he had one great start. His first start back where he strikes out nine and eight scoreless innings. He thought, okay, maybe this is a guy that's turned a corner. Uh, he then goes, uh, gives up four in his next start. Doesn't make it out of the fifth inning. He actually had 10 strikeouts 
um, in four and two thirds. So 10 of the 14 outs he recorded via the strikeout. Uh, goes six and two thirds the next time out. Three earned runs, six hits, three walks, four strikeouts. His last start out didn't make it out of the first inning. Four runs, two of them earned, three walks, two hits allowed, two strikeouts. So both of the outs that he got were via strikeouts, but they pulled him. And he has a four, six, eight ERA in AAA. So I'd be shocked if you saw David Peterson anytime soon. Now, Joey Lucchese is a different story. He's a guy that you can make an argument should be in this rotation right now. First three starts of the year in AAA, 2-3-0 ERA. He won two of them. Was amazing against the Giants. Seven scoreless, nine strikeouts. Decent against Washington, five and a third, three earned runs. Goes into Detroit, four innings pitch, four earned runs. Comes back home, pitched against the Rockies, four innings pitch. Three earned runs on short rest. Then he gets one more uh, start against the Nationals. Only goes two innings before he gets pulled. Ends up back in AAA. Five starts since, though, he's been good in Syracuse. Okay, He has four quality starts. No quality starts, six-inning pitch, three earned runs or less. These were two earned runs or less in each of these four starts. Two of them scoreless outings. Okay, One bad start since he's been back where he allowed four earned runs, but still made it through five innings. He has a 2-3-3 ERA on the year in AAA. He is looking like a guy that, if nothing else, is – a good 4A pitcher where you send him to the AAA, he's going to carve. Peterson's not doing that. So the fact that Lucchese is, and you know he is still kind of trusting his pitches and he's getting outs, that does bode well for you know, being a depth arm where if the Mets need to call on anyone, it's got to be Lucchese. But still, at least something to be desired. Now, there is an arm that just joined the AAA Syracuse Mets rotation that fans should have their eyes on, and that's Mike Vassell, a guy that, Going into the year was probably among the top five pitching prospects in the Mets system on everyone's list. And now on some lists, he's skyrocketing to the number one. Uh, I think Blade Tidwell, just based on you know, ceiling, is still the best pitching prospect in this system. But the closest to making an impact is Vassal. Okay. Here's a guy that has an absurd strikeout to walk ratio this year in double A. Okay. 10 starts, his strikeout to walk ratio was 7.13. He had 57 Ks to just eight walks. For comparison, in the majors right now, the best strikeout to walk rate is George Kirby because he never walks anyone, 11.83. Then you follow way off to Zach Eflin and Logan Gilbert at 6.55 at 6.23. Zach Grinke's at 6. Joe Ryan at 5.60. Uh, you got Logan Webb at 5.35. So, again, a strikeout to walk rate of 7 to 1 is amazing. So that's a big, big sign. His whip was 0.84. So if you're just simply talking about being hard to hit for opposing batters and also pounding the strike zone with your stuff, here's the guy that did that. Now he pitched to a 3.71 ERA, but there was a bad outing in there. Overall, the numbers in AA were spectacular. And he also dealt with a little bit of an injury where he was pulled from her start too. So there's been a couple of things that popped up, but the large body of work when he's right and he's attacking the zone with his pitches, he's got really good stuff. Is this to say he's going to be the ace of the Mets in two years? That would be you know, projecting a Jacob deGrom style leap for this type of a prospect. But could he be a really quality pitcher in your rotation as soon as next season? That is the case. And the Mets need to develop guys like that. You're talking about, a pitcher who can touch 97, 98. Guy has been working on the spin rates, all of the things 
that are done in pitching labs that we don't get to see behind the curtains on. Here's a guy that is the beneficiary of it. He has molded two excellent breaking balls to pair with that fastball. Uh, he's got a 12 to six curve. He's got a slider. He's got enough to keep hitters on edge when they're in the box where they don't know what's coming. You know, if he can get his change up there. So he has a full four pitch mix. You're looking at a really, really nice young starting pitcher that can slot in here very soon. And look, because of the fact that he has that command where he's not walking batters, because he's been able to generate swings and misses and get strikeouts, if he's able to translate that to AAA, there is a road where Mike Vassell's pitching for the Mets this year. And it, part of it is injury, but another part of it is, is lack of performance. And if you find yourself in September, I'd say early September, maybe late August, early September. And Vassal's put up great numbers in you know the past two months and change in Syracuse. He has enough to give when it comes to innings pitch, because that's another thing too with the pitch prospect. If you're actually imagining a scenario where the Mets are A, a playoff viable team, and B, Vassal's a guy that you might want to just throw out there to see what happens. He could be the type of guy that could get promoted late and you know maybe it's because the Mets are still looking for that fourth arm you know outside of what you would hope is two you know, well-performing aces in Verlander and Scherzer if you get to that stage in Kodai Senga. I don't think that that's likely. I, I really would put most of my money on Vassal to make his debut at some point in 2024, but because he's now gotten that call to triple, there is a chance. So He's a, a guy you should definitely watch. And when you compare what he did in double A this year to some of the other guys that are making starts, the numbers pop up even more or pop out even more because that's a tough lead to pitch. So I want to get to that in just a minute. Another pitching prospect that's been there all year, Dominic Hamill. We'll do that. But before we do, today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. If you want some incredibly comfortable shorts, Bird Dogs are the answer they got this stretchy fabric, so they just feel so good on you. And you can wear them anywhere. That's the best part about the khakis in particular. I can wear those on the golf course. I can wear those to church. I can wear those at the dinner. And I can just wear them lounging at home because they're that comfortable. And the best part is not only is there a bunch of different styles and looks you can go to when you're at birddogs.com, you also can get a free gift with first purchase. So if you go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB and use the promo code locked on MLB. They're going to throw in this bad boy, okay? I should have had the logo lined up. A Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler. This is a fantastic gift. The value of getting this with my shorts, I mean, it makes those shorts even more affordable. It is a great deal. So if you want this tumbler along with some incredible shorts, go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB. Use the promo code. Locked on MLP. The New York Mets will play the St. Louis Cardinals 710 Eastern time tonight. Catch every pitch. The Mets hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Mets. Now, Mike Vassell has spent his season in double-A pitching alongside Dominic Hamill. If you compare those two pitchers to the other arms in the rotation, it's 
pretty drastic. You have Luis Moreno, 5.82 ERA, 40 strikeouts in 51 innings, 32 walks. Jose Chachin, uh, 5.61 ERA, 36 walks and 43 in a third. That's pretty ugly. Junior Santos, 5.85 ERA, 36 strikeouts in 54 innings, 22 walks. Vassal, again, 3.71 ERA, 57 strikeouts in 51 innings with just eight walks. And Dominic Hamill, the ERA is not great, 4.96, but the 63 strikeouts in 49 innings is too many walks with 21 1.41 whip. If he cleans up the walks a little bit, uh, this is still a guy that you know was amazing for the Mets last year who is rising the ranks. Is Dominic Hamill ever going to be an ace? Probably not. But could he be quality rotation depth for five years potentially? Yes. And so these are the guys you're developing. Vassal and Hamill are this next wave, and you hope that they can fill the spots that you've had David Peterson and Tyler McGillan as of late. And be better than those guys and give you better results. And that's not to say that the ship has sailed already on McGill and Peterson. You know, David Peterson, if you revert him back to prospect form and he's in AAA and you're not worried about the results as much, and you look at the pure stuff and David Peterson might still be considered the top pitching prospect in this system, but he's not a pitching prospect anymore. He's been up and he's had his struggles. And you, at this stage of his career, begin to worry not just about the stuff, but the mental side of it. You know, why uh, isn't he attacking hitters around? Why isn't he trusting his stuff? All those things. You get a clean slate with these guys, and that could be a great thing, or ultimately they can prove to be less than what you're hoping and dreaming on now. But at least the Mets are starting to develop some pitching after years of not developing much other than those two guys I mentioned. I mean, you look at you know, the last five years, Hasn't been a lot of you know starting pitchers that have rose through the ranks and been successful since that generation uh, that you know led the Mets to a World Series in 2015, and then all of them have seemingly crashed down to earth in one way or another. Outside of that, you just haven't had it. And the guys that you have, you know, drafted and developed a little bit, like a Simeon's Wood Richardson, you know, they've been sent out in trades. So. Now, Anthony Kay was another one, although he hasn't been successful in his big league career. Justin Dunn, another one, and he hasn't quite found success. Um, not to put that on the Mets or even the teams that developed them, but it's just it shows you it's kind of a, a crapshoot to, to really develop pitching. But what you want is you want as many different kind of irons in the fire as possible as guys that have that talent and that plausibility to be big league starters. And now you have two of them. And, and that's not even throwing in someone like Jose Budo either. Um, who did see this season. Now, go to Brooklyn. Uh, Tyler Stewart has some kind of gaudy numbers. Six-round pick last year, 147 ERA, 61 strikeouts and 49 innings pitched, 1.18 whip. But he was passed over when it comes to a promotion to fill Vassal's spot in the double-A rotation. Uh, who ended up getting that nod? Christian Scott did. I think that tells you kind of their differing, uh, you know, categorizations, I guess, as, as top prospects in this system. Christian Scott, more highly regarded, fifth-round pick in 2021, um, 24 years old, pitched in college at Florida. Guy that you know maybe they're looking at and saying, you could be a starting pitcher. They're trying it. But also, I think, oh, in the grand scheme of things, the guy that has the stuff to maybe be a high-leverage reliever one day. So you're trying to see what Christian Scott looks like against tougher competition and also you don't have to worry 
as much about walks. Here's a guy who has a whip this year of 0.80. He's done really well with that. Only four walks in 23 and two-third innings pitch. So when you limit your walks as a pitching prospect, when you are attacking the zone and pitching to a 2.28 ERA, as Scott did in high A this year, you earn that that kind of that push forward to see, all right, this stuff is playing at that level. Let's see how it plays at the next one. Um, and, and so not all low ERAs are created equal, and that's what they're telling you by promoting Scott ahead of Stewart. But it's not to say Stewart can't be a pitching prospect that um, earned some praise in this system himself. It's just going to take, you know, a, a couple seasons, you know, a big one this year. He could put himself on the map heading into next year. Uh, Blade Tidwell is also pitching in high A guy that I would still call the best pitching prospect in this system. The numbers haven't been great for eight, nine ERA 33 walks and 38 and two third innings pitch. But here's the thing. He has 60 strikeouts during that span as well. Now, Look, you could also say a pitcher is giving himself more bites at the apple to get strikeouts when he's loading the bases with walks, but the swing and miss stuff is the swing and miss stuff. And when it comes to pure stuff among all of these guys, Tidwell probably carries everyone. So that's a really interesting name to watch, but it does feel like he is far away. Um, You know, at this point, if he doesn't, impress much more he doesn't get that promotion to double this year and he ends up just working on his stuff all year in high a which is a distinct possibility you're still going to be looking at maybe 2025 because 2024 is going to be about figuring out the upper levels of the minor leagues if tidwell was going to be a guy that skyrocketed through the system he would have had to put up the numbers that christian scott did in less of a sample but as far as you know the lack of walks and the lower era to be able to show, all right, his stuff is playing. Let's see what he does. Let's put him in the vassal spot. Let's be aggressive with him and see what it looks like in double A all year. And then all of a sudden, next year, he could have been knocking on the door. So far, you have to be a little more patient on him. He's got more to work on. Uh, but you just hope that when you have a, a piece of clay that talented that you can mold that clay into something that in a couple years is you know really a player that can – really move the needle for you significantly. And that's what happens with these top draft picks. So we'll see. Um, that's kind of your update generally on the different pitching prospects to keep an eye on the minor leagues right now. The Mets will be playing the St. Louis Cardinals this weekend. I'm going to preview that series in just a minute. First, though, a word from our sponsors. The New York Mets will play the St. Louis Cardinals 7-10 Eastern time tonight. Catch every pitch of the Mets' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Mets. Now, the St. Louis Cardinals have been a disaster this year. They're 27-42. The Mets, though, they're 32-36. Their seasons are both disappointments. These are teams that came into the year projected to win their respective divisions or at least compete atop them when it comes to the Mets. I think the Cardinals were the clear cut. Uh, pick to come out of the central yet again and it hasn't happened for either squad and bad starting pitching the culprit on both ends you look at this cardinals team they just haven't gotten really anything they expected from their rotation then again their rotation wasn't really the envy of many teams coming into the year anyway they just didn't 
you know, prioritize getting better enough this offseason. They could have made a trade to get Pablo Lopez. They could have. They had more than enough pieces to swing that type of a deal. They didn't do it. And they, they trusted that they were going to get, you know, another incredible year from Miles Michaelis. And he has been better as of late, and he has taken the ball in game one here. Uh, but a 4.02 ERA in the season is not going to really cut it for your race. Again, he's been better, though. His last seven starts, 2.49 ERA. So there's obviously some progression there. Uh, but again, on the whole, it hasn't been um, what you'd hope for. Again, though, if you're hoping that Michael is going to be your ace, and him and Adam Wainwright, you know, you're you're setting yourself up to fail. I think this is one of the teams that just ignored what they needed to do this offseason. The Mets maybe didn't ignore it, um, but I guess they would be the example the Cardinals could point to of, hey, if you do spend, it doesn't always work out. You look at Adam Wainwright in seven starts and coming off the injury from the World Baseball Classic 5, 7-9 ERA, 21 strikeouts and 37 and a third, a whip of 1.71. Is it an over-categorization to call that a disaster? I don't think so. I think that's an exaggeration by any stretch. Um, You look at his last three starts, he's going about five innings each one and giving a three earned with a lot of hits, nine hits, eight hits, eight hits. This is a guy that you would think the Mets could tee off on who probably will completely carve them up. He's pitching against Kodai Senga. So the first two pitching matchups, again, Got Michaelis versus Tyler McGill. McGill 5.14 ERA on the year. Not uh, a matchup where you give the Mets the edge by any stretch. Game two, you would with Kodai Senga and his 3.34 ERA and 79 strikeouts on the year going up against Wainwright, but you just never know. Um, and then Sunday, it's Matthew Libertor, lefty, going up against Carlos Carrasco. Libertor has a 5.14 ERA this year. Carrasco 5.71. Libby has how many starts? He really, really wasn't a big part of the rotation. Just got called up recently. Uh, four starts, five games, 21 innings. Uh, his last time out, his best start against uh, the Giants. Two earned over six innings pitch with five strikeouts, seven hits allowed, two walks. A guy that, you know, if that, that fastball gets too much of the plate, you should be putting it in the seats. Uh, and you imagine the right-handed lineup's going to be in there. I do wonder... How the playing time is split throughout this weekend is Daniel Vogelback back from his mental health break. Um, one quick note, actually, I want to pull it up exactly from Mike Mayer on Twitter. Amazing follow if you don't already. Mike Mayer, twenty-two on Twitter. Uh, he is, of course, the leader over at Metsmerize now, and. His tweet today kind of blew me away. Mark Vantos has played in only four of the Mets' last eight games, and look at three of the starters they played him against. Spencer Strider, Mitch Keller, Garrett Cole, he says, not exactly setting up a young right-handed hitter for success. Maybe Vantos doesn't hit, but the Mets aren't doing this right. Look, you know, there was somebody that did a whole podcast on Buck Walter hating Mark Vantos, and I was a little bit tongue-in-cheek in that, but, you know, you read that that tweet there and the pitchers is going against and you would say that if a manager was trying to put a player in a position um, where he's not going to succeed to force him off the roster, it would be starting him 
against some of the best in baseball and, uh, you know, trying to zap his confidence in every which way across the way. Now, it's not like Buck Showalter is, you know, purposely going out of his way to hope that this guy fails when he's putting him into the lineup. Obviously, he would love nothing more than Mark Vientos to be a success, and the numbers haven't been there. But he hasn't been prioritizing his development in a way to build him up enough. It just hasn't been a project that I feel like the Mets have been focused on, which has helped contribute to some of the bad numbers. Regardless, though, I don't know how many games he starts this weekend. I would hope that the Mets would get him out there against Adam Wainwright and Matthew Libertor in particular as guys that I think can make mistakes that he can just ambush. Um, but I also think that Mark Hanna should be out there playing first base and be in the lineup as well as the guy that I think is swinging the bat better. And you know, I don't really see a reason why he should be getting much rest right now. I feel like he should be in the lineup most days. And Tommy Pham's obviously a guy that should be in the lineup every day right now. So if Daniel Vogelback is no longer on his mental health break and you got to work him in as a DH, then you get into that situation again where there's just not enough playing time to go around. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what they go with. You know, maybe it's Vogie starting you know, games one and two. Viento starts one of those games at first base um, where you either rest Amarte, rest Canna, rest Nimmo, rest Fam. Um, you, know, you figure out where one of those guys gets a day. Um, to allow Vientos at first and Vogue at DH. And then the third game, I imagine Vientos will be the DH with Vogel back on the bench against the lefty. So if this is finally on the mental health break, that's my prediction that you're going to see Vogel back in the lineup the first two games. And you know what? As crazy as it is to say, as someone who has been campaigning for him to be off the team for a minute, give the guy a little bit of grace in that ballpark if you're there. Uh, because booing him and making him feel horrible is only going to continue to get you horrible results. And if the Mets are going to die on this hill, maybe you shouldn't, you know, you know, expedite the death quicker. Maybe you should try to to cheer that guy on. And who knows? Maybe he can revert back to his previous form. Anyway, that's going to be all for today's edition of Locked On Mets. This week on Locked On Mets, I'll be back on Monday for all you everydayers, unless the Mets do something awesome, two walk offs in a row, maybe. Tyler McGill throws a no-hitter. He's been part of one before. You never know. So make sure you're subscribing so you don't miss any of the content. Uh, and, of course, if you want to catch every pitch of the Mets Hometown broadcast, you can do so with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Mets.